Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, we are going to talk about leveling up your science and social studies lessons using four different methods that all just happen to start with D. So thank you so much for joining me. My name is Patty, and I am a teacher here in Ontario, Canada. And every week we have a brand new episode for teachers in the junior grades that is designed to help you fit it all together to make teaching and learning more fun and engaging for both you and your students. So we're going to dig right in. So science and social studies is sometimes a difficult topic for many teachers to wrap their heads around. One of the reasoning is, is there is so much content to cover. And sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that the easiest way to get through all of the content is to simply grab a workbook of paper and pencil type activities with reading activities and students can simply work through the workbook and they will be able to hit all of the expectations in the shortest amount of time. While you can certainly do that and you can hit all of the expectations, what you end up creating is a boring, uninspired science and social studies program in your classroom that has your students disengaged, which leads to more classroom management issues. And it's just not very fun for you to teach at all anyways. So we're going to look at how we can level up those science and social studies programs so that you can create a fun and engaging curriculum for your students. So the first way that we can level up our science and social studies program is to focus on doing type activities. We want our students to be engaged in hands-on learning activities that allows them to see the learning happening in front of them. We know that not all of our students are going to learn the knowledge that we need to give them simply by reading and answering questions. Oftentimes when we do that, We cover the expectations, but really the learning is simply going in one ear and out the other, which is not really our goal when we want to have learning that sticks, that is transformational and enduring. So we can use things such as experiments, demonstration tasks, building and making of models for our students to make sure that they can engage in what it is they're doing. Some of my absolute favorite activities that allow me to show the learning that's actually happening in the classroom are things such as experiments. Whether students are building and making bridges out of popsicle sticks and then testing them to see how much weight it carries, whether they are creating electrical circuits, they are completing energy audits in their own homes or in the classroom, or whether they are physically being blood cells as they are jumping through hoops in your classroom, simulating the way the heart pumps blood through our body. All of these are hands-on activities that certainly students can learn the same concepts by reading, but if we want our learning to be enduring that students actually retain and remember the information, creating activities that allow students to experience 
experience the learning in the moment often becomes more engaging for our students and more lasting when they're trying to learn it. The second way we can up-level our learning is to focus on allowing students to discover the answers to their own questions. This is where we really are bringing in more inquiry-based learning into our classroom. For so long, teaching has looked simply like the teacher having all of the knowledge and we simply download that information into our students' brains. We pre-teach all of the content because we often don't trust ourselves or our students to get the information or to find the information on their own. We convince ourselves that they're not able to do it or that we can't guide them along that process. If we are going to up-level our science and social studies, one of the things we need to begin doing is allowing our students to discover the answers to their own questions. We need to transform our students from passive learners to active learners. And the best way to do that is to focus on the learning goals and the questions that we have our students asking of what they want to discover. And we take those questions and allow those questions to be the leads and the guides into how we deliver our lessons for our students. We design our lessons where we do not front load all of the information students need, but we start with a question, we allow students and we systematically plan activities that allow students to discover the answers to their own questions. And then we wrap up that lesson with a consolidation activity where students can now make the connection between what they learned and how it answers that question. We can do this by simply giving them a question and allowing them to research the answer to the question. We can also allow them to discover certain principles in science by discovering the answers through experiments. And in social studies, we can pose a question about a historical event or a geographic location and allow them to figure out the answers to those questions. Getting our students to discover the answers to their own questions immediately puts them in the lead, in the driver's seat for being active learners in our classroom. When students are active learners, we know that they retain the information that they are learning far better than when they're simply passively consuming the things we've decided to present to them. The third way we can up-level our science and social studies is to focus on allowing our students to make decisions and decide the pathways that they're going to follow in order to demonstrate the learning. One of the things that we should focus on is to try to make the activities the culminating activities that are happening in our classroom, our goal should be that not every student in our class completes the same assignment. We want to create choice and allow some voice in how students can demonstrate their learning. One of the ways we can shift from a traditional model to a model where we allow our students to decide what it is they're doing is we can look at focusing our assessment practices instead on the product that students produce and focus more on the skills the product demonstrates. So if we're thinking about final projects, if we are looking at the expectations of many of the expectations in science and social studies, has our students focusing on the impact of the environment, the impact X has on the environment, or the impact X has on multiple stakeholder groups. When we design one way that our students are going to be able to demonstrate that task, 
It is successful for some students that are traditionally good at school, but it limits those students that need differentiated ways in order to demonstrate their learning because their style of learning or their skill set in learning doesn't necessarily fit into that traditional mold of school. So for that reason, instead of focusing on the product that our students are completing, instead we focus on the skills and allow multiple products to meet that target skill. So we look at evaluating the students and what they're doing, what they decide to show us as how well it demonstrates those skills. So we're not looking at, say, a t-shirt product that they are creating to show the geography of the physical regions of Canada. Instead, we are assessing whether or not students can understand these elements of the physical regions. Whether a student chooses to do a poster presentation, an oral presentation, a infographic, a t-shirt, a video such as this one that you're watching right now, whether or not students choose a variety of different projects, we can still assess their skill sets and their knowledge based on those skills. And this will allow our students to have a better opportunity to demonstrate their variety of knowledge in their preferred skill set so that we can more accurately represent students' understanding of complex ideas. The final way to increase and up-level your science and social studies is to look for opportunities for debate. Now, we may shy away from touching on controversial topics, but I would encourage you to really look for opportunities where opinions matter and students can take a stand. Finding opportunities where you may have some students agree and some students disagree will allow you to really dig deep into different concepts. It will also increase that engagement because students have to take a stand. When they take a stand, when they put themselves on the line to share that opinion, it automatically makes them more of an active participant in the class. They have to show their ideas, base their opinions on evidence and fact, and it automatically gets students really riled up and engaged in what you're doing in class. It creates a memorable experience for your students. By exploring the perspectives of different stakeholder groups, we can then look at issues from multiple perspectives, which is always a goal when we're introducing science and social studies topics, that we present as unbiased of an opinion as we possibly can. One of the ways we can do that is looking at the perspectives of different stakeholder groups. Now, bringing in debate into your classroom does not mean that you're going to have two students at podiums arguing different concepts, but what it does do is has you looking at different things from different perspectives. One of the issues that is always effective in my classroom when we are talking about debate is the concept of hunting, which we talk about a lot when we're looking at animal uh, habitats in grade four. Now, this topic is one where often students, when you introduce the question, is hunting good or is hunting bad? that automatically will get a lot of students to either sit on one side of that question. 
It's a bit of a loaded question. As you discover different stakeholder perspectives on hunting, such as Indigenous peoples, animal rights activists, conservationists, and just the general population, they will begin to discover that there are both pros and cons to hunting and that it's not as such a black and white issue as perhaps they initially thought. Giving them a statement and then allowing them to discover the perspectives that relate to that statement and understanding that one single cell solitary issue is never simple, allows you to engage your students in debate while also giving them the opportunity to look at various issues with an unbiased perspective. We can definitely take our science and social studies topics up one level beyond the simple workbook activity just so that we can check things off and get it done. We are teachers because we want our students to learn. So we have to take a few risks and get our lessons out of the dull, passive experiences that we can sometimes fall into and really try to create and plan engaging and memorable lessons that will keep our students engaged and active in learning while we are in those topics. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to see you next week with another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry Live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry Live.